All right. Thanks for tuning in again. Another episode here. <laughs> Got Dylan here with us again today. Sam as well. Uh, where did we leave off last time? Uh, so Dylan had joined. He was coming, I think, on occasion up to the facility, up to your uh, small facility. Yep. I think that's pretty much where we left off, right? Yeah, small facility, dude. That was 3,000 square feet. That was huge at the time. Huge facility at the time. It was, but we moved in. Dude, remember when we moved in? There was like four Massive. pallets on the ground, and looking around, I'm like, well, I think we might have overkilled it here. But <laughs> Dude, we should. <coughs> we can, you have... put pictures, uh, can you put pictures yeah, on dude, there? I can I have some. pictures of like, when we first moved in to when we moved out, like how insane it like the drastic so what was change the, was. What was the time frame on that between moving? We in moved moving in out? in July 2020. Yep, and then we moved out in. That's not, no, that's all right. Yeah, it is. No, I have pictures not. on my phone. July 2020 was at Dad still. You want me to prove a point here? No, we'll prove it. It's, on, prove ca- it's <laughs> on camera too. Um, but the time span of it from like when we moved in mm-hmm. <clears throat> to the point of like. Moving out, I'd probably say like a year and a half. That's pretty fast. Well, yeah. when it, well we mean, moved fast, in, we moved into this building in October twenty September twenty one. Right, so a year and a half, almost two years, almost two years we're in that building. Damn, it doesn't feel that long. Yeah, it does not feel that long. I remember too that conversation with remember with Vern Dylan. Oh, I remember Vern. Vern was our well. Vern was our landlord, and. Uh, he was one of the main property owners here in Green Bay, and <clears throat> old dude, probably like super in old. his eighties. Owns his family, owned a construction business. Like he knew his shit. Like he was sharp as a tack. Yeah. At, like he was for second generation. Years old. Yeah, okay. and his, his son. I mean, he, he was he, he was old to where his his son was old. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but yeah, that's how you know you're old. Yeah, yeah. So Vern. I remember it. This was pre Dylan moving in or okay. Dylan coming on, and uh, <clears throat> I'm talking over negotiations. Damn, it was, it was 2020. We didn't even have pallets. It was literally just show Sam just boxes if, on the floor. We rented a forklift to get all the stuff off my dad's our dad's trailer. If photos weren't weren't added yet, we'll add oh, wow. photos just so you guys can see. Because I think that's a huge impact. Because I want for, people to be able for to see. listeners. Yeah. Um, Tune imagine in. imagine your college dorm room and <laughs> you don't know what to do with the boxes, so you line them all up against the wall. That's exactly what we <laughs> well, did. We didn't have any racks. Where else and, are we supposed uh, to put them? And there's nothing in the middle. Nothing. It's just empty space. <laughs> all yeah. there's room for activities. It's probably like um maybe large enough to fit like two basketball courts side by side. Maybe. Oh no! I don't think it wasn't that big. So the no. just the like warehouse part, inside. just the warehouse part of it was twenty eight hundred square feet. Yeah. The total space we were renting was like a tick over three thousand square feet with okay. the offices. Yeah. Okay. So there was a overhead door, service door, and then a load one loading dock. So and it took you two years to fill that up. Well, we actually filled it up pretty fast, like which was relieving. So like here, dude, I have some pretty awesome pictures here. Like there's when we we're moving in, we didn't have to sign up yet. But there it is. Look at that's our first assembly line. Look at our look at <clears throat> fulfilling orders. There's wow, <laughs> it's a it's a table. Yeah, it's sort no, of, it's not even a table. It's like it's, a like, it's a it's a cubby. It's a it's a shelving. <coughs> it's like a sh- cubby a where you put your shit. stuff because the place what used to be a 
CrossFit gym. So like it was like a cubicle where they would put their shoes and stuff like that that they left over that we tipped on its side and used it as a table. It's like a kindergarten cubby. Where yeah. you put your shoes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah where you Pretty put much. your shoes and your yeah. lunchbox your and stuff. Dane yeah. had his lunchbox and everything in there. Yeah. So how many... God, this is so weird to see because there's just like a handful of casters in each one. <laughs> and now you walk out there and there's so, bins of them. So like, now that's what we were saying when, when we were called inventory. It's something you could do in an, in an hour because you could just walk like right around your office yeah. and <clears throat> come look, me, the look how many seats there are. Was there five seats? Right. So like, okay. Where are the rest of them? That's it. That was the that, <laughs> that was, was the all seeds. of them. Yeah. That was all the seeds. Dude, see an American flag on one of them. This is bringing reminiscing on some old times, but uh I don't know what that is, but crappy that yeah, was left over. <clears throat> so talking with the with Vern, he's he's the landlord mm-hmm. and he owns the entire building. It's cut up into like four different sections. We had the smallest section and again, this was just me this was at the point where Dylan was still, you know, coming in after after work. Yep. And uh, he asked what we were doing and what our project was. And I told him a little bit about the electrical motors. And I said, hey, we're also, like, we're starting to get some sales for the Viper chairs. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's a Viper chair? So I explained it to him. I'm like, hey, we had that chair there. And I'm like, okay, take this cheap China-made chair. Yeah. And I showed him a picture of ours. I'm like, it's American-made. It's got huge casters, super comfortable seat, prevents tipping, helps with back. At this point, we didn't have a backrest. But I, sh- I showed him everything. And he's, he asked me how much it was. And I'm like, right now it's about 450 And he looks me in the eyes. He's like, I don't think that's going to sell. Therefore, we're going to go month to month for rent. He's like, we're, I don't want to do a year contract. Well, there was no, I mean, month is always rent is always month to month, but there was no there was no, no. agreement. Like, typically, you there, sign a lease agreement, you're signing a five year lease or whatever. Yeah, two year, I mean? five year, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he didn't want to do a one year lease. He wanted to do a month to month lease because if we didn't make it, it wasn't on him then to find to try the, and, yeah find a new fill it fill yeah. it up. Um, that right there was like fuel. For I us. think it still is. It's it still is yeah. to, to this day. Like I think of that <clears throat> ignorance at its finest. Yeah, really. <clears throat> Do you have any words you'd say to Vern right now? Thank you. Seriously, thank you for providing that love, <clears throat> that like grain of energy that I've gone back to years and years and years again. So <laughs> we're at the point. Dylan's coming in. Dylan. I'm pretty sure we left off. Dylan was your you left your full time job now, right? Yep. Pulled and the trigger, took I don't know, slept on it for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Lost a lot of sleep on it. Sold all your toys. Sold all my toys, boats, snowmobiles. I mean I had uh you know, like I said, I had a good paying engineering job. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. had all the fun stuff, was doing every weekend my wife and I were going somewhere, doing something fun, doing something cool. I had a brand new truck, like that's another thing I didn't even mention in the last one. I j- literally just got this truck on top of the house. I think I bought the house, yeah, whatever, in 2020 as well. Ended up getting rid of the truck too, traded it in for just a lesser of a truck. To get. Basically, I was eliminating all my debt, Yeah. right? So anything I owed money on, anything that w- would cause a problem that would drag me down financially, I had to cut ties with. That's what I did. I got rid of all of it, right? So mm-hmm. basically, I was... All I had was a mortgage payment that obviously my wife and I shared. So mm-hmm. that was literally the only. It's a pretty smart way to do it. Yeah, the only responsibility I had, right? And I mean, you kind of have to do that, especially when you're jumping into something like this. That's there's so many unknown variables and 
so much uncertainty, like don't strap yourself. Cause what's, what would happen is if you wouldn't do that and you still had all your stuff, you would panic. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you would go to plan B and then, right. Just go back to what you were doing before. Cause you know, it's safe or yeah, exactly. Whatever. Like I said before, where, you know, it's comfortable, right? Like I didn't even really have a plan B like, yeah, I, I, like I mentioned before, I could get another job or whatever, but like that wasn't, I didn't want that to be an option. I wanted to work for ourselves, you know, like mm -hmm. one, well, that, we that wanted to start something and I didn't, I never even would call it a plan B. Like, yeah, it was always in the back of my head, but it's like, like it would be literally be life or death scenario for me to have to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, we're going to do, once I make the jump, like Dan and I are one of those people, like once we committed, commit to something, it's, you know, we're balls deep, mm -hmm. you know, we're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, maybe that was a, <laughs> that was a poor uh, word choice, but we're, when we fine. commit to something, we're into it. How deep you know is I mean? that? Well, <laughs> for me, pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, dude's got to have a big truck. Just, yeah, huge truck. Dude's got to have a big truck. It's funny we just so, had that conversation the other day. And there's no correlation. One so of the what? one of the new employees yesterday, Dylan and I were having a whole conversation about like some Father's Day script ideas. And like some dick joke started popping up, and we're <laughs> we're, we're sitting in his office like <laughs> cracking jokes back and forth. Were, and the, and the brand new employee, the accountant, is like, "Can you hear a giggling right in the outside office. the door?" She's like, "Like uh, what?" <laughs> yeah. I'm you like, ever think you'd be talking so talking with your boss about dicks? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, go back to what Dylan was saying. If he wouldn't have sold all of his stuff, it would it would have put the company in a bad spot too at that early stages because he would have all this overhead, this personal overhead mm -hmm. that the company would have to be responsible for because he's going to be like, hey, I have all this shit I need to pay for. Mm -hmm. I need to get paid. Right. At that point, the company wasn't making money to where we could pay it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you almost had to. Yeah, and I mean, to put it in perspective, like I – from what I sold all that stuff for, you know, all my toys, that's what I lived on until we started getting paid from Viper, which was well over a year before we started getting paid from Viper. And mm -hmm. it wasn't very much. Like, Dan and I well sat down. Over. Yeah, it was well over a year. Dan and I sat down, figured out, okay, what are our monthly expenses, right? Personal. Personal. What are our monthly, yeah, right. What are our monthly personal expenses? What do we need to live? Like, we're frugal people, right? Like, resourceful. I always think you, when we first hired you, you, you came in my office, you had something broken or whatever. You're like, you seem to be a resourceful person. Any ideas how I could fix this? <laughs> and I think yeah. I fixed it. Yeah. And like, so I pride myself and Dane too, is, is being resourceful or bootstrapping it or frugal or tight asses, whatever you want to call it. But squeak when you walk. <laughs> Sometimes cheep, I think cheep, so. Cheep, cheep. We got that from our dad. So like, <laughs> like a little birdie. Cheep, yeah. cheep, 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 cheep. <laughs> Only the things that need that we can yeah. pinch pennies on, though. Like, if yeah, it's a I warranted think... expense, absolutely, we'll we'll absolutely do it. But like, even to this day, I think we run a pretty lean ship. Oh, absolutely. Like, we're not spending stupidly. Yeah, we're not like when we go through pricing and or like our expenses. I don't know, on a quarterly basis or whatever, didn't see what we can cut. Mm -hmm. There's not always a lot there to trim. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. okay, we have this, this, and this. Well, we need this. This is being used for that. Like, I would say, so I would say you guys are definitely like more responsible. And like, I think anybody in a position should ask themselves, like, 
you know, does the business need this or can I get by with something cheaper or what I'm already doing for a while? I or think can that's I what, do it myself? And I think that's what you right? guys do like the best. It's like, you know, I survived on those three lights that we had for a really long time. And then, you know, like once I showed you what we could do with a better light, then you're like, okay, I see it. We can use it for like the best possible thing. Like we're not just buying it to have it like, we're, we're buying it because, like, we need it now. You yeah. know, we can improve the marketing. You know, we it's, can improve Well, you work your way image. into this stuff, right? Yeah. So you start, yeah. you start with the stuff that you can afford, the other beginner stuff. And then as you grow and as you have more resources, you, you know, explore into the better better products. Yeah. And, and, the, and stuff the, that you really – that you turn into really needing it where mm-hmm. it saves time. So now before you make – you were getting by with making it work, right? Mm-hmm. But then say the – the light that you brought up now we have a better light right costs much more whatever but it probably saved you time now in the long run yeah right? oh so like, yeah big time it's definitely and improves it, quality like tenfold yeah it depends at where, where you're at you know what i mean so like so two things on that in the beginning a lot we didn't even buy anything we luckily we had your father-in-law jeff had pretty much a like the dude's i don't not necessarily even a hoarder he just has everything <laughs> You know, so so, he's got two of everything. Is he's actually got two what he of, says. Yeah. So and if we, he doesn't have it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so we we were luckily enough able to have him at our side. Like, hey, we need a, a forklift or something. You'd be like, yeah. cool, you can borrow mine for a little bit. Or, hey, we need racking. And obviously, racking super expensive if you want to get the new stuff. So he's like, hey, here's a bunch of rusted stuff that's been sitting outside. We're like, cool, we'll take yeah. it. Yeah. So you know? like, we had a lot of friends and family that had, you know, that we used. To, to buy stuff from and to get started, right? So, like, yeah, Jeff, my f- in- father-in-law, Jeff, helped us out a ton, like a ton, mm-hmm. like not not with just um, stuff we needed, but just labor too. Like yeah. he was always willing to come help us out, you know, same with our parents. Both our parents, whenever, were willing to come help us out, you know, and at the time, obviously we can't afford to pay anybody. So, like, it was just they were just donating their time, mom right? Was, I mean, our mom still comes in and helps. She was getting for free, you know, like just to hang out and have fun. Her wage was lunch. Yeah, yeah. we would take we her would out. Take her for we lunch would take her out for lunch when she came in. Yeah. That was her wage, and you know, I think she just, she loved spending time with with her boys, and we loved it when she came in, and you know, we saw yeah. her too, and yeah, and it was great. So, but yeah, I mean, we used a lot of local resources, friends and family, like Marty. Yeah, um, my buddy, good buddy Marty. We bought a ton of pallet racking from him. You know, like that mm-hmm. he had, that he got at auction was laying around and it, yeah, it was all rusty and wasn't that great. Yeah. And, you know, he told me that, but I'm like, well, look, you know, that's all we can afford at the time. Yeah. You know, and I think if I remember correctly, it was like 500 bucks. It was cheap. And well, he's like, you... it was cheap, but at the time it was like, we had to, I remember yeah, I had to go right. out to the ATM and get 500 bucks out. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> it took a, yeah, took, it took a, a beating. Took a bite. Beating. Had, yeah. had to bite out of the bank account, you know. Pick, use the trailer. Went there. I remember it was at. It was, it was super, rainy and it was rainy cold and cold. We go in the back and we're picking up these heavy, slippery pallet racks after work. But uh, I want to touch point on one thing that you mentioned too about buying new equipment and stuff. You, one thing that we got really good at is we would only buy equipment if there was a return that was noticeable whether that's quality mm-hmm. or a way that it's going to move the company forward or increasing or decreasing mar- or sorry decreasing costs like if we can make something in-house so like for the lights for example those S- lights speed yeah time too one so that's it, a big factor. Yeah. it increased your speed your efficiency uh the quality so that overall 
it increases our, our brand image. Mm-hmm. So on social media, YouTube, et cetera. And it's funny you bring that up because just last night I was going through. So we must have bought that light in like sometime around November mm-hmm. because I was looking at pictures in October. There's a noticeable difference yeah. of quality, yeah. like night and day difference. So it's like the return, you can see it on just the pictures and videos yeah. that you're creating, yeah. you know, which and then yields a return for Viper in the future. Yeah, I agree. I'm, it moves the brand forward towards something more professional or towards something more official, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Improves the the quality of, you know, all the media like created and, and whatnot. And I think after getting that light, I think we reshot all the product pictures, you know, yeah. which are still on the website today. Right. So that's one thing. And in the beginning, we couldn't buy the best of the best. So we were just buying what we could afford. And mm-hmm. we knew it wasn't the best of the best and it was probably going to fail. You know, we just needed something to get us to that next point. You know, we weren't investing in the nicest forklift or the nicest pallet racking or whatever it was, the conveyor. We got it from Smitty's, which is a auto salvage place <laughs> yeah. here in yeah. a scrapyard. Yeah, a scrapyard. Call me squeaky. Or squeaky because, <laughs> well, I- I don't know. Dane aged like probably ten years during this oh during gosh. this whole process, but he used to have a really squeaky, high pitched voice. <laughs> well, no, he called me he called me squeaky because I was trying to bargain with him. Oh well, you did have a squeaky so voice too. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have any money, and we needed a conveyor line. And there was an auto salvage place that was just a scrapyard. Okay, and I called called him up, and this dude's like to the point. He's old. Doesn't want to beat her on the bush. He's a scrapper. He's a scrapper. If everybody's you know? never dealt with a scrapper, you know what they're, they're exactly. their own category yeah. of people. <laughs> so I call him. I'm like, hey, man, I hear that you have some conveyors. And he's like, yeah, uh, seen a little bit. Stop by. Hangs up. I'm yeah. like, okay, sweet. Yeah, I guess I'm going Straight to look at these yeah. <laughs> So I go there. He, he uh, brings me like 10 minutes away somewhere in Bellevue at this <laughs> sketchy garage. And uh, you go inside and there's just like – bunch of pallet ra- or uh, conveyors with spider webs and rust and all this. He's like, all right, which one do you want? I'm like, <laughs> great. This yeah. is slim pickings, but I'll take whatever the newest one is. And then he's like, all right, we, we can do 800 bucks. I'm like, man, all I brought was 700. He's like, I knew you're going to do that, but I'll take it. <laughs> and then ever, ever since then, he start, I, I called him back because we needed some more in the future. He's like, hey, squeaky. Yeah. Like, Shit. Damn it, I don't like that name. <laughs> but like we didn't we knew we couldn't afford all the brand new stuff from Uline. Yeah. Like the new conveyors from yep. there. So we're just like, what can we do that can just get us by to that next point? And then we can afford the nicer equipment. I think it's yeah, there's a definite fine line between like even when I look at camera equipment today, and I granted this isn't gonna apply to everybody because it's camera equipment, but it applies in like certain fields. I look at stuff almost on like um like a time frame, like how long is it going to be usable for, right? Like cameras, camera bodies, like they come and go like every single year there's a new one, mm-hmm. right? But when it comes to like a C-stand, when it comes to sandbags, like those things, you know, you buy them once and they're good forever. Mm-hmm. And I almost look at like, look at investing in stuff as like, okay, is it just flashy new technology or like how long is this going to last me? Definitely. And like, I mean, conveyors. You guys still use the the ones still, you picked up? Still using them. Still use them. Still spider webs on seven, them. Seven hundred dollar investment, two and a half for three years ago, and we're still using them today. Good. Like, so that's the thing is, we could we could get all brand new conveyors out there, but okay, it's probably gonna be twenty grand. And is it something that we need to continue production? No, it's working fine how it is. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You know? Unless there's a ma- like you said before, unless there's a major increase in efficiency. Or we need a big tax write-off or something like that, but 
Yeah. Yeah. That's something you learn too, as you start growing, getting more and more, buying more equipment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you need to do stuff for taxes as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where we left off. So like I said, you know, I sold all my stuff, right. And Dan and I sat down. Yeah. We're to the point where we, you know, we didn't get paid from Viper for over well over a year. Right. Mm-hmm. So finally we were Is to the point just breaking even or like slowly sort of bleeding out the bank account or it's, it's like, it's, so that's the thing is like in the beginning it, it's ebbs and flows with everything. Like Dylan was saying, Oh, we'd go and take $500 out and you'd see it take a dip, you know, mm-hmm. but then hopefully it comes <laughs> swinging back around the other way. So that's, that's what one thing with business is like, you really have to watch that cash flow because it's like a roller coaster. And if you make bad decisions when it's low, you could put yourself in a super bad spot. I think, spot. you know, poor cash flow management is probably one of the biggest factors that cause early businesses to Definitely. fail. Definitely. They, people don't know how to handle their cash. And you also have a lot of outside pressure of people wanting to sell you shit that you necessarily don't need. I mean, look at how many times we get contacted on a daily basis for selling stuff expense, like people wanting us to, to buy, buy stuff. expensive yeah. stuff too. You know what I mean? And like, if you're not resourceful enough or if you're not, or if you don't know any better, you know, you can get suckered into this stuff that which we have, spend, which we have. Which yeah, we have, we have def- definitely <laughs> have, times. you know? Yeah. So like you chalk that up as a learning experience, you know, fuck. Well, I spent a ton of money on that. Didn't pan out how I was hoping it would. I th- I kind of got took for a fast one. Mm-hmm. Chalk that up as a tuition payment. You know, we're not yep. doing that again. School so, of hard knocks. School of hard knocks, exactly. But <clears throat> you just got to, do you really need it or do you want it? Right? That's mm-hmm. basically what it comes down to. So, you know, being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Responsible cash management, you know, be diligent, right? Resourceful. Don't just go out and buy a bunch of shit just because you get excited because you got some money in your bank account now. Yeah. You know, like Dane said, there's ebbs and flows. So as long as you're trending upward, that's obviously what you want. Yeah. But if you're if you're running a business similar to ours, you'll see the cash come in, but that's from the inventory you just sold. That's typically not thirty. You know, so the cash comes in, you might be like, oh damn, I'm riding the wave, but that bill's coming up <laughs> that you don't see. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's, it's in the books, it's in whatever, uh, accounting system that you use, but like, okay, so if you're up here and you think the, the cash looks good mm-hmm. and you start buying a bunch of shit. Okay. So now your bank account goes down and now you have to pay bills at a super low cash flow. Mm-hmm. That's extremely dangerous. That's when you start sweating. <laughs> That's when you <laughs> have many sleepless nights, you know, and you sometimes <clears throat> like we, we went into this not knowing that either. And we've had scenarios where like the like that in the beginning we're like that's how it is and that's how you learn from it so you said before on a previous podcast that like you knew if you sold like a chair a month you could make rent mm-hmm. you know did is that sort of how it worked as you guys started working together like okay we need to sell two like four chairs to cover um you know like rent at the building and then my personal expenses are x you know, did you pay out like personal expenses or like, like pay yourself mm-hmm. and then take care of personal expenses or did the personal expenses just continue to tick off of like a bank account or That's put exactly on a credit it. card or something? For, for like the first year when Dylan was saying we didn't get paid that all of our personal expenses were just coming out of our savings, okay. whatever we had personally saved up over the years. And we were last basically yeah, the company exactly. came first. Yeah. So whatever the company needed, 
we had bills to pay, we needed a new rack, we needed a new light, whatever, that came first before mm-hmm. Dan and I got paid. Yeah. yeah. Because we're looking at the big picture here, right? The $1,000 freaking paycheck or whatever that we might want to get from Viper is, you know, what does that really matter? Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you gonna do? Yeah. That money can be used better in the inside the company, yeah, right. Invested in the company. If you start paying too early, you you pull the oxygen from your company. Think about yeah. that. If we would have started paying ourselves early on, more like to cover our rent and stuff, we wouldn't. We wouldn't have the cash we wouldn't have needed to survive. We would have then had to route to investors or like, hey, we need more money to pay for all this shit that, mm-hmm. in all reality, we don't need to get paid for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So we looked at, we want to bootstrap this. We didn't want to go outside investors. We're like, let's keep everything in the company. First year, we'll just use, it'll just drain our personal savings. And then once we hit that breaking point of like, okay, this is taking a toll or, and the company starts making some cash and we feel comfortable that it could like pay some to us. Yeah. At least it didn't even cover. So did that take a year? Did that take a year and a half? Took a year. Okay. Year, year and a half about. I want to say it was like 16, 18 months. So like Dan and I sat down, what? What did we need to live month by month personally? And that's what we started out paying ourselves. Okay. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. nothing above that. We were paying ourselves just enough for us to survive. Yeah. Right. And I think it worked out really good. You know, I mean, it the, teaches you a lesson. It really does. It teaches you to be frugal mm-hmm. and resourceful, you know, because you have to. You it, don't have any money. It teaches you, know? you that you don't need a lot of the <clears throat> shit that you it have. Does, that's a very <laughs> good know? point. It teaches you. What do you really need? Yes. You know what I mean? Everything else is just bullshit. Fluff. Fluff that doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. You need food, you need a house, and you need a supportive spouse. Those are the three things. Yeah. That's it. 100%. You know? I mean, you got to pay your bills and shit, put too. put that into a rhyme, by the way. Yeah. Make a rap yeah. song. You need a house yeah. and supportive spouse. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, I, honestly, in the beginning, now that I think about it, I don't think that first after that year or 18 months, whatever it was, when we started paying ourselves, I don't think it was the full amount of covering our personal expenses. I'm pretty sure it's just it was a portion. It wasn't. We just like, okay, what's the max amount we could pay, pay ourselves? And at this point, again, I'm living in a super small apartment, like grocery. My only expenses are rent, groceries, and like, I don't know, that's pretty much it. So it's like, yeah. it, it, it the way you describe it, it doesn't sound like you were sitting around watching Netflix in no. your free time. Right. So uh, that first time we started paying it, paying ourselves, it was like, let's just say half or 75% of our, our personal expenses. Okay. You know? And that was at a point where we felt comfortable that the company was in a position and could, and was growing that we could do it. We wouldn't have done it if if we didn't need to. Mm-hmm. And no, we, not. we also, during that conversation, discussed too of like, hey, if let's just say we start paying ourselves and we need some cash, like... I'm, we're both agreeing that we can cut it if we need to. Mm-hmm. Like we can cut our, our We can withhold it for a few months. Exactly. If like necessary. I said, to, if to necessary go. to make sure the company gets gets what it needs to continue okay. exactly. moving forward. Okay. Um, so that was like the first time we started paying ourselves was about a year and a half in. And then fully paying like to cover expenses. I mean, still, I don't know. I mean, it, to be quite honest, we're still not making that much. Like, no, <laughs> for real. Compared to what people may think or what it may look, yeah, we're not making. I don't think probably where we should be. And I'm fine with it. I yeah. totally am. Because yeah. I would, I much prefer that watching that money grow the company than just sit in a bank account. Yeah, like I look at it this way. I, I don't know what I would do with it. Like, yeah, you can buy the flashy cars and stuff, but I would still be here every single day. 
you yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, to me, it's not, it really isn't about that. You know, it's about blowing this thing up as big as we possibly can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could invest it, right, in the stock market, do whatever, but why not invest it in yourself? Or the company. And invest it in the people. <laughs> yeah, in the company. That's, right. what, that's what I mean. Right now. Well, not right, whatever. I don't even watch the stock market because all it is is depressing, Garbage. right? Um, but why wouldn't you rather just invest in yourself, right? Because mm-hmm. that's one thing that you can control. You invest in the stock market, whatever, that's all BS crap, you know, like that's – a whole so different it's, it's more luck than it is that's a whole different topic you know. you know um or you invest in yourself right and it is a direct reflection of how much work you put in mm-hmm. so like i think that's much more rewarding so. absolutely so didn't get paid much did the bare minimum covered our a percentage of our monthly expenses about a year year and a half in okay and at this point we did have an employee so we had drake Yep. So Drake, Drake Drake was our first employee. He was our welder. So I have um, a previous relationship with Drake at our at my last job where okay. he worked, and then he ended up leaving, going elsewhere, and we just kind of stayed in contact through this whole thing. I know he stayed in contact with our dad as well because he would occasionally need stuff welded. So shout out to Drake is you know one of the best TIG welders that yeah. I've ever met. This kid, he was <clears throat> what 18, 19 when we brought him on. Yeah, he was pretty young. He was young yeah. and. He was like, he's he's just a sharp dude. Like mm-hmm. he know he's a problem solver, and he's we'll have like, Drake on here. yeah, dude, that'd be yeah. awesome. Um, he's a problem solver, and like he he is an engineer at trade. Like mm-hmm. when he puts together jigs and stuff, it's yeah, he's a smart it's dude, super super yeah. cool. Not only that, but anyone listening that knows Tig and Mig, like Tig's a, Tig is like an art, and it takes a fine craft and a lot of experience to to like lay nice mm-hmm. beads. consistent yeah consistent beads. Yeah. Um, and he's just he's just really good. So we knew he was good, and with that being uh, an essential part of our product, so a lot of the the piece or the backrest at this point, what was it? No, the rail. Well, we he started with the backrest because we were welding the backrest plate and the spine together. Yep. Because we were buying, we were oh, he yeah, was doing some rails. rails, but then we outsourced the rails. Yep. Right. So he was doing primarily backrests and um, seat posts. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was coming in. I don't know. I don't know if he part-time. he was coming in part time. We were just paying him cash on the side because okay. we couldn't afford to have an employee right on the books. Mm-hmm. So we were just paying him cash, and he would come in after work. I think he was a chef, right? Yeah. So he his one of his other passions is cooking. So he was a chef somewhere, and he would come in on weekends and after work during the week and well, and, he had and well for us. He was know? a hustler. So during yeah. the week he was working at some another metal fab yeah. company. Then he'd come to us after, and then on the weekends he was. He was chef, a, yeah, a I might, chef. I might have that mixed up. That's wild. And then he would still, so yeah, he would cut, like we would get maybe four outer hours a day. Yeah, if we're lucky. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was, when we brought him on, that was at a point too where we're like, do we even need a part-time welder? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we didn't have enough work to do it. And we're like, last thing we want to do is hire somebody full-time. And then and have then, to let them go. Yeah, they're sitting, yeah. like there's nothing worse than being at a job where you feel like you're just sitting around. Yeah. You know, and that's what I would never want to do to anyone. And But we learned very fast that there was more than enough work for him to do. Yeah. Right? So and I think we've almost learned that almost with every single position that we've hired for thus far. Is that so I'm a little more on the reserve side. I don't like to hire people until we're like we're bursting at the seams. Yeah. Which is probably isn't the right way to look at it. But Dane's more forward thinking, hiring people ahead of time. So that's why we kind of mesh pretty good because if he's thinking too far ahead, I can 
reel him back a little bit, or if I'm being too far behind, he can pull me forward a little bit, and then we can both come to an understanding that we need somebody. There's yeah. so, pros like, and cons to both because if, if, if you're looking too short and you hire on urgency, you can make faulty hiring decisions because which, you're desperate for Which we've for done it, before. Which we've done before. <laughs> and we've also done the opposite side of my side where you're looking too far ahead in the future and you hire for a position that you don't even need. Right. So mm-hmm. that's where, it, like Dylan said, it's good when you mesh because then you find a, a happy balance of like having a great amount of time in between where you do your research on each candidate coming in. Mm-hmm. So there's a podcast I was listening to actually yesterday that was talking about that. Um, every person you bring in, you want them to be more skilled than you. Of course. Because why else would you bring them on? Yeah. So, you hire, know? hire people that are smarter than you are. Exactly. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Sam can take pretty good pictures, yeah. but I mean, I got some iPhone pics here. There. <laughs> <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, he's blushing! I love blushing. the shit. I love he's the blushing. shit. That was... Did you see Alex's post yesterday? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, I love the banter between you two. That's the funniest. It's, it's pretty that, nonstop. That's so funny. Uh, how do what, do what do you say? A robot that takes pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. In case anybody watching hasn't seen uh, our LA vlog, I saw. Oh, dude. We, yeah, we always give Alex shit because he kind of stands around sometimes. Uh, or sometimes. He's, yeah, or he's doing something on his phone, right? And For so, a long durations. Yeah, and so there was uh, when we were at Hoonigan in L.A., I panned over while you guys were working, assembling some chairs, <laughs> and Alex is just standing there texting. In like, the middle of the open. Like, <laughs> it's like in the, in the past area. And, area. like, this is – I can't – sometimes you just can't predict this stuff, right? And I, I like, panned over, and typically I'm, like – in my head, I'm lo- like looking for action, you know? I'm looking for like something happening. And for whatever reason, like when I panned over to him and he's just standing there texting, I was like, maybe I'll just film and see how long he does this for, <laughs> right? And like- It was like a minute. Yeah, I mean, it was probably more- it's probably Started more to run that, out of memory, right? under memory card. Yeah. You got <laughs> and, uh, it, put the clip in here. Yeah, I put will, the clip we'll in insert here. it. That's and so, so I just like took, I did, a, the, the effects are obviously added in post, but I just did like a little funny search for Alex, like what he was. No, oh, that was that was yeah, a screen oh, yeah, share. Yeah, <laughs> that was a screen share yeah. off his How yep. to use a wrench. Why do my hands hurt after using tools? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Love you, Al. Love you too, Al. He listens to all these. Yeah. Oh, I know. He goes through he's and gonna, approves them. He's so. going to laugh. Um, but yeah, picking up Drake. Brought Drake on. Brought him on part time because we didn't have we had like just the right amount of work for him to do part time, and then like month after month we started to get more and more busy because we're just investing in the business, we're learning, and we had another conversation like, hey, should we? And again, back then our conversations were like, hey, what do you think? Uh, yeah, this is what I think. All right, cool, let's do it. <laughs> you know, it, much, it wasn't like a couple hour meetings. You know, sometimes we'd sleep on it and make make an unemotional decision. Um, but we were at the point where neither of us knew how to weld and mm-hmm. I didn't want to learn it. He didn't want to learn it. And we couldn't have our dad doing it anymore. Yeah. So, so to, he was doing a lot. Our dad was doing a lot of welding yet at this time too. Right. So he was retired already. Retired. He was supposed to be retired. Right. Quotations. But so like, I remember meeting him halfway between his between Green Bay and Sturgeon Bay, picking up parts that he was welding. And I'm not going to lie, dude. I felt terrible for making for making him do that. Like, Shout out to dad. If you're listening, you're appreciate everything. Seriously, you're the man. I feel like appreciate everything. he still is. I know. Well, he's still one of those people who like, you can't like put his mind to sleep. Like he's always like, 
like thinking up the next thing or like planning for the yeah. next idea. Like I've only met a handful of people who remotely resemble like your dad. Mm-hmm. And while you guys have it, I think you have it in like a different way. Yeah. Like there is no shut off switch on like on like no. your dad. Like when no. it comes to fabricating or planning or anything like that, it's. I seriously think his favorite thing to do at night is to that is to mess around on SolidWorks. Absolutely. <laughs> for like two hours before bed. Yeah, like he's playing like, a video game. Just like build stuff. Like, He'll send us pictures late at night, like eight or nine, be like, hey, I, I found a solution for this. <laughs> you know? At, uh, when we were on uh, uh, Oil & Whiskey Podcast, yeah. remember when we were talking about those ideas after? That next day at next, noon. Next morning. The next morning at like <laughs> noon, he texted us, Three pictures of the of the products we're talking about. He's like, "What do you guys think?" I'm like, "That's fast." <laughs> I have to yeah, say, like, okay. So Damn. I don't know if your dad qualifies himself as a creative person or not, but like, I've met a lot of people who do photography, videography, and the people who have a genuine passion, like, it like runs in their blood. Mm-hmm. Like there is no like. Yeah. I've tried to to taper it down to be like a little bit to work with like regular schedules a little bit more. Yeah. But like I went with Trenton the other day, um, who's our photographer. We went um up north to the UP. We came back, it was like eleven thirty at night, and like like dude doesn't like sleep because he's like, I have to see these pictures. And it's yeah. the same thing with your dad, where it's like once the idea has started like it it has to be completed yeah. it has to be done like mm-hmm. and i get the same way where it's like when i put a, a video on the timeline it's like sometimes it just creates itself 100%. and and i just have to be there to click the buttons to put it in place you know like yeah. and i think if you if you're a person who has a calling like that like you almost can't shut it off while it's happening because otherwise you kill like you know like whatever it is yeah, that the that's, sense that's, of that's, that's passion dude yeah, yeah that's passion yeah. Um, I think he loves it though. Like he, I, I feel like he genuinely loves it. Like think about that being a dad. Now that you're a dad, I mean, he's not super old, but imagine. He's almost four months. So no, he's definitely not old. <laughs> <laughs> so, but when he grows up, like imagine him, like if, if say you have another, another kid, if though, if your two sons wanted to start a company, like, would you not want to be involved in it? You I know? can, like, I can be, already the see that it would ever. be the most rewarding feeling probably that you could ever they could ever have yeah you know, the first being that your sons get together or right. get along get along you yeah. know like that's that's extremely rare i feel today but uh but he loves it dude he still helps us today and like i i love having him involved in it like taking him to california was so much fun <laughs> he just adds we we don't have to change he's like he's a bro yeah with our group. oh 100 <laughs> percent yeah know? He's, he's he's one, one of, of you us. guys, yeah. and I love that he jabs at Alex too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he still tosses in jabs at Alex. He'll toss it at you as yeah. well. Like, oh, dude, I, I just love the guys. Oh, it's so funny. Um, but like, I also love including them in stuff too because the groups that we're hanging out with, like Chip Foose and um, like Larry Chen, uh, Roadster Shop, all those guys, like those are people that he's I was like worked with. Or not worked with, but like knew of, mm-hmm. and kind of like looked up to when he was on his upbringing, and never really had the opportunity with his business to go and meet them. Mm-hmm. So like he's right now coming it's along with us. It's almost like he took like a parallel path, and like while he didn't get into like more of the public view, you know, he did like the the business like aspect of it, and like 
Yeah. Like all these people have used his machines. Like, yeah, everyone you know, will. like they're in, in the shops, like, right. You know, they yeah. know his product. They just don't know like the creator of it, right. which is, it's kind of wild to think about. Yeah. If he would have sold his own products, he would have like had a bigger face in the industry. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. he went through Bailey and Bailey kind of took that, that right. image, you know, and, you know, he's just, He's just a super but he didn't humble, want that. just a super humble guy. You know, he didn't yeah. want. He doesn't want the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, he just wants to, you know, design a great product and do fun shit. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't and, need and the that's attention. That's actually why I think it's it's so cool. You guys invite him to be a part of so much is because he gets to to go on these trips and you know meet Chip Foose, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. meet you know one of the guys who's using. I don't know if Chip was using your dad's stuff, but like mm-hmm. he knows the company. He knows right. you know the machines and and yep. everything like that and so for your dad to meet him and then talk be able to talk fabrication like right even so Hoonigans. cool like so i remember cool. always up up north we'd we'd watch uh jim connell videos mm-hmm. you know and he was always showing us but regardless of the fact like he's he's awesome love had, having him involved and the dude's just one of the smartest guys i know yeah um but like dylan was saying in the beginning he was welding he was doing welding for us because mm-hmm. it was maybe i don't know five to 10 a week that we needed. So he would just do them real quick one night. Um, so anyone listening, Green Bay to where our dad lived is about like 45 minutes. And he would meet us halfway in the morning sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we'd go pick up 10 rails that would get us through that week. Mm-hmm. And it was a repetitive cycle like that for like probably two or three months to the point where like I was texting him like, hey, I need 20 rails next week. He's like, how'd you go from 10 to 20? So like yeah. it got to the point where it was growing and he's like, I could tell he was getting kind of like, okay. You guys have to figure, guys something, figure something out, out here. Cause I'm not growing? doing yeah. 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 He's like, I'm not going to be doing this for much longer. Cause I don't want to continue to weld. Yeah. And then that's when, you know, kind of lead, led us into Dylan's like, well, why don't we hire Drake? Like I knew Drake from uh, RMD and all this previous stuff. And we trusted him and he would come in part-time then that continued to get to a point where Drake was kind of getting overwhelmed with all of his jobs. Uh, I know he quit one of them. I think he quit like the uh, metal fabric fab job during the day. And then that's when he's, we had the conversation. He was honest with us too. He he came to us. He's like, Hey guys, like I'm kind of overwhelmed right now. Do you guys want to hire me? Cause either I'm going to come work for you or I'm going to continue with this metal fab. And we're like, all right, let's like take the jump. Yeah. You know, um, and then he came full time and like, so how long until Drake came on full time? Was it a year? How long was he doing the part-time stuff? And then like, when was the official like first employee? It was, I want to say it was right about right when I came on a mm-hmm. couple weeks after. So like April, May of 21, Okay, yep. somewhere is when we hired him on full time. And then employee number two, uh, Alex, yep. that's a whole, that's a great story too, which we should probably talk about when, when he's here and on, we which can, will be next yeah, week. We okay. can go through his story because yeah. he's got a great story with how he came on to Viper. Right. So, yeah. um, it wasn't long after that either that, that we had Alex joined too. So it was kind of, it was kind of cool. So like we held Viper as much as we could just scraping by and then eventually we're like, okay, this thing's you know, we got to take it to the next step. So that's when I came on. That's when Drake came on. Alex came on. Like, boom, now we're, I we're, guess, a company, in yeah. quotes again, you know, like <laughs> we're loosely. Filling, we're filling positions that we didn't know how to do. 
Yeah. Like we didn't right. know how to weld. And then Alex came on and he's like, Hey man, I'll, I'll take care of like all social media. He was, he was essentially, he, he did everything. He was social media, photography, video. Like he would make, like he was the brand, you know, yep. he's like, I love the vision you guys have. Let me take what you have and let's expand on it. And like he had and that he was vision in Florida, in right? So we're in green Bay. He's in yeah. Orlando, Florida. Like, it was a lot to. It was tough. I'm for not employee lie. number two to be a remote <laughs> employee, like yeah, Dan and I were like, I don't know how this is gonna work, but it what do we got to lose? Let's give it a shot. We're you know? still thinking that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took. I'd probably say uh, close to like seven, seven to eight months to like fully trust. Okay. Because again, like you don't know who this person is. Like all you're doing is like phone calls every now and then, but. Uh, after that, like first time meeting him, it was like, okay, this, this is our dude, Yeah, you know? Um, and then once that, once that trust was built, it's like game over. Like there's no doubt in my mind that the dude's not working 24 seven or wouldn't cancel everything on his plans to do something for my yeah. you know? Yep. So like he, he built that trust. I appreciate everything he's done. Um, and he's worked with us too. He totally, he understood it from our standpoint too, of like, okay, I get you guys don't like the whole remote work thing, but here's kind of my situation here, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, having, that's one thing that we can touch point on too, is conversations, like say what's on your mind and what you're going through. So then there's no like hidden feelings. And Alex was really good at that. Like if he ever had something on his mind of like, Hey, I'm kind of upset with this, or, Hey, I need to talk to you guys about this we were able to have a conversation and find a solution for it immediately, Yeah, you know, which has yeah. been, which has built the relationship, helped build the relationship tenfold. Yeah. You know, it builds even more trust when you can have great communication, you know, um, another thing about him and we can talk more he's here, but like he took this company like his own, like he took it like a, like, like his baby. Mm -hmm. And that's where some more trust was built also. Cause it's like, this dude's thinking like he's, doing everything for this company, how he's responding to people, how, what he's posting about, like what he's doing at night as if it was his own, which mm -hmm. was super honorable, honorable to see. Yeah. And he still does to this date. And I love that. Um, but yeah, so brought Drake on, uh, what'd you say? So that'd be a year, a year and a half about for our first employee ish, almost a year, a year and a quarter. And then that's when Dylan and Drake came on and then Alex came on. Not long after that, it was like May or June. May or June of 21. Okay. And then um, at that point, we brought Levi on. Mm -hmm. Levi was another welder because we. this is when I started to pick up steam. So like Drake came on, we finally got a website built. Like we started doing advertising and, and everything of that sort. Uh, we hired an agency to start doing our advertising. So things were actually starting to like starting to pick to, up a yep. little bit. Okay. And then uh, we need another welder. so. Uh, hired on Levi. Yep, and then Dustin was right was right behind him too. Because up to this point, like Dane and I are still packaging the orders, mm -hmm. like we're still doing Wait. everything, you know. Yeah. So Drake's welding, he's doing the fab stuff, right? And Dane and I are still packaging orders, managing the business, you know. Even though it's a small business, there's still management that needs yep. to be done, um, answering customers, like um, communicating with vendors, still doing all that. And yep. then because remember, we would go in the afternoons after lunch, we would go out and box, we would go yep. out and package. And we would do that, I don't know, until Dude, 6, 7 o'clock at night until UPS no. came and picked up. Sometimes we were there till like, 9 or 10. Yeah. Many nights. Many we nights, yeah. But, um, like, once I got there full – so when I came to Viper full-time, it definitely changed, you know, almost instantly. Like, mm -hmm. I noticed your stress went way down because, obviously, a whole other person's there to, yeah, to take a lot out. of the workload, yeah. right? 
But like, and then with me being there all day too, we could get so much more done. Yeah. Right. Instead of me showing up, getting there at, you know, 430 after my full-time job. Right. I gotta and, say that, dude, we were boxing machines. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, dude. We would race. Dylan and I out of, out of line, dude, we could hammer some dude, orders. We out. would, we would time each other to see who could box chairs up the fastest. <laughs> That's not surprising. Like, <laughs> well, everything, every part of it too, like who could tape the box. Of, yep the main box the fastest yep. like <laughs> we did the viper viper olympics like over a year ago yeah. yeah and that was like assembling and yeah. you know putting together orders and stuff like that so. mm -hmm. but again thank god for nicole oh yeah, man wrapping. wrapping those backrests but uh yeah so it got to the point where dylan and i were getting overwhelmed with how much stuff we were doing and we didn't want to be we want to work on the business not necessarily in it and we always like have been progressing to like get out of inside it yeah. so we can bring people on that are better than us at doing it, mm -hmm. you know? So then uh, Drake got overwhelmed. He's like, dude, there's a lot of stuff to weld. Like I can't keep up again. I didn't want to do it. Dylan didn't want to do it. We hired on Levi, yep. which again, met, almost all of our first hires be besides Alex were from word of mouth. Yeah, pretty you much. Yeah. Or word of mouth or from people we knew before. Mm -hmm. And um, I have, we couldn't afford any hiring agencies or anything or like indeed. that, or even Indeed. Yeah. You know, yeah. Indeed, uh, a recruiter, they still charge you four or five hundred bucks to pull right. stuff, right? We couldn't, yeah. can't afford that. So we brought on uh, Dylan Drake in like uh, beginning of 2021. Then Alex came on in about the middle of 2021. Levi came on right around that time as well because I remember it was super hot in that June, facility. June 2021 is when Levi came on. And Duddy then, was about that same time too. Yep. And then we had, you know, we ran with that for a little while till like September, I know. Mm -hmm. I remember this because I was HR, right? I was doing all the paperwork and yeah. getting everything filed at the state and stuff like that for him. And we had a couple that didn't work out in between there, right? So, mm -hmm. and rightfully so because, I mean, like, I always looked them. One of my biggest concerns was how the hell are we going to find employees when we're just a little startup business? Like yeah. we don't have mm -hmm. no 401k. We have no benefits. We have no health insurance. Like we don't have PTO. Like how are we going to find good people? You yeah. Know, when it was word of mouth, like Dan just said, you know, you trust, like, you know, if you know somebody and you can trust them and they're going to, our biggest exactly. thing was, Hey, if you show up and like you give it all you have, you're hired, you know? Mm -hmm. And we, what is that saying you always, always say? Like, the devil you know is the devil or, you know is better than the devil you don't yeah right you know, yeah. so like we we knew these people and we knew where they could grow and we were willing to accept that versus hiring <laughs> not somebody. saying all of our do our first hires were well no or no <laughs> no, no 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 it's easier to bring on somebody you know than it is to take a gamble on somebody right. you don't. somebody you don't right. exactly right? and that's that, i mean that's all the saying is, is basically just like you know it's like it's the same reason why people you know stick what, in you know shitty marriages. You know or what you're getting. Don't yeah. leave crappy jobs. Like you know what it is, and you know the unknown is scarier than mm -hmm. shit sometimes. So yeah. So that's there yeah. were twenty twenty. The end of twenty twenty one was huge for us. It there was, was a, there was, was a it happened. A lot of stuff happened really fast. There was a few key things that happened that I would I would can honestly say like made or break Viper. Projectile sure. Viper in, into what it is now. So like, uh, the first being is we had, a, no, actually two, three things happened. The first being we had a massive military order that came in. Okay. Out of nowhere. The, this, Air, the Air Force, yeah. The United States Air Force contacts us and uh, one of their buying 
agents or managers for this, like, just, if anybody has worked with the government, it is insane how massive these camps are mm -hmm. or these stations are. And he's like, hey, I have this station and we need, uh, what was it, 200? Well, he, they ordered twice. So the first order was only like 50, yeah. right? Or 80. And then it was like a, it was like 120 or something like that. Yeah. But those POs helped grow Viper, yeah. like for real. So like they were building a new Air Force base somewhere and they wanted these chairs for their uh, maintenance hangers and right mm -hmm. their hangers and stuff to work on the aircraft. And they placed the initial order. They loved them so much. You know, they were even having problems with them being stolen. Remember the, <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the guy told the purchasing guy told us, he's like, they're great. But the only problem is they disappear. We have to, we had, they had to start putting serial numbers on them because people were stealing them. <laughs> so now that I think about it, this was right when you came on. Cause I remember this. I remember talking this about was it. was right so, when you came on. Cause yeah. I remember talking to you on the phone when you were still at dad's about it. Yeah. And I'm like, how can we get a ride in F-16? Yeah. <laughs> so we're still asking that question. Yeah. yeah. How so, can I still get a ride in F-16? <laughs> there was a ton of learning curves with this as well though, because Okay, we got the biggest order to us. Okay, 80 chairs to us or whatever it was, was like four months worth, if not more oh, at yeah, that point. for sure. So for us to, one, we had to finance it all. So that's huge for a, yeah. a startup company to have to pay for everything and then it's net 30. Actually with them, I think it was like, was it net 30 or net 60 or something like that? I don't recall. Whatever it was. But so you're like we holding had, your breath, hoping to get seriously. that money back in a decent amount of time. Exactly. So we fulfilled everything and okay, now the bills are catching up with us and we try to plan it to where like the bills are due right when we get the payment. Cause then you could obviously have the cash to pay it. Um, but that order helped us tremendously. And then that, that was a huge factor of you coming on too. You felt way more confident with it after that order. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember that not, it's all coming back. Then once they got them, he's like, dude, I love these. These are what, exactly what we're looking for. I'd like to buy 120 more, but we don't want to assemble them. We don't want to put them together. And, and they, were the, they were the premier aluminum axes or premier aluminums, no backrest. So the aluminum chairs have more hardware and Tons. take a little bit longer to put together. Yeah. So we're like, obviously, we're not going to say no to the order. So we're like, okay, yeah. So Dude, I forgot about we all to, this. Now we're like, okay. Me and Dana look at each other like, how the fuck are we going to put together 120 chairs? So did you go <laughs> so there? On top of the orders. No. Okay. So they wanted again. us to put it. Okay. So the first order we sent to them, they thought it was assembled. So there must have been some miscommunication. And he got them and he's like, hey, man, these are awesome. We love them. We're going to put another order in. However, we didn't know that we had to assemble them. Yeah. And he's like, like it, whatever it costs, just yeah. the labor. Because we're like, obviously, we are going to have a lot of labor tied in this. He's like, whatever it costs, just, you know, we want them to assemble. And again, so at this like, point, okay. we don't have, I, I remember this. We didn't have, we only had Drake. I'm pretty sure it was like Drake and Alex. No, Levi but, was there because I remember, oh yeah, we, was there. Yep. remember well, when we get into this or whatever. So anyway, long story short, we end up, get, we end up getting a PO. We end up, um, you know, planning to make 120 chairs, which is the most we've ever made at one time ever, yeah. you know? So, um, I remember multiple, on multiple occasions, I loaded up the beast with the trailer. Dude. We took, Drake and I took rails and we went up to our dad's place where yep. the legs for the chair machine, CNC machine up there. And I was running the CNC machine and getting parts ready. And Drake was welding rails up there yep. and drilling and uh, drilling the holes and tapping the rails. And we were working up there for multiple days. You know, oh. to get this order and done. We're, we're putting like a lot of the, we have a, almost like an assembly line on. So we have our dad's huge trailer 
and we're we made it into an assembly line yeah. on it. So, so we need a huge area to stages, work on this stuff, right? And it like our fingers were like bleeding raw because <laughs> you're twisting the bolts to get them started and then putting them together with yep. with power tools. And 120 chairs, people might be thinking like, okay, it's not that much. Dude, with the amount of bolts on these chairs for this yeah. took us like we I'm ripped, sure it was like three. Yeah, or I remember four, you four and I days. ripped it to like midnight. Yeah, like yeah. it was because at the, again at that point it was. I had nothing else to do, and this is make or break it. Yeah. So it's like I'm going to put whatever it has, whatever needs to be put in to get this order done. Um, and it was fun, and it was exciting, and it was like you wanted to to get it get it out the door. Um, and one of the most difficult parts of that project that we overlooked too – actually, no, I think we, we built it in there. We planned out the, the was crating it. the crates. Mm. So now you yeah. have these chairs that we're sitting on are need to be shipped to them. Mm-hmm. And without being damaged, without being damaged. So here's the assembly line. I don't know if you can put. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool if you could put. I would okay. love that. What I think we'll do, we'll send you everything. Yeah, we'll just put in a Google. Google so file. we're gonna we're gonna wrap. We're already closing in on an hour. Oh, okay, yeah, we could we so can wrap. We'll, it up. we'll talk about this next. Yeah, because there's. Yeah. I, so before the I forget, end of 2022 did have tremendous growth, which or 21. Yeah, yeah, 21. So there is, was. We'll end it here. There was two events that happened on top of that as well. Is one we didn't have anywhere to ship it, which is when we found this facility. Okay. Which we'll talk about. Yep. And the second is, Dylan got an email from a company saying, "Hey, we want a thousand, no, fifteen hundred chairs," mm-hmm. and ended up making a purchase for one thousand chairs at a point when That's we had right. our old three thousand square foot facility, mm-hmm. and. A thousand chairs was impossible to assemble there. So we'll talk yeah. it on the next one of how that's that a, unfolded. That's a hell of a cliffhanger. You guys going from two hundred to a thousand? Like yeah. that assembly line looks crazy. I don't know if I've ever heard this story. Yeah. So we'll go into it on the next one of of the thousand chair order. Damn. But like the end of from June to December of twenty twenty one. Look at them all. We stacked them on top that's of each other. Insane. Yeah. That was that order. Like, oh my gosh, was what helped Viper absolutely get anywhere? Honestly, it gave us the wow. cash flow we needed to continue to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll talk about how we got that thousand chair order, and we'll talk about how we got it done in absolutely. A building, yeah, I mean, you know? this is going to be so a full story. For it me. is a cliffhanger because, yeah. like, we got that. There was a there was a caveat to that PO. Right, they were supposed to be Christmas gifts. Oh, yeah, dude. We got they first oh. reached out to us in September, like mid September, right? And they wanted them all before Christmas. Wow, a yeah. thousand chairs, a thousand chairs. We've never sold a thousand chairs in ever, ever. and it's in, in Viper's eternity, probably ever. at that point. And they're like, at, "Hey, we need its infancy. We need, yeah. we need them in two months." And we're in a three thousand square foot f- facility, so this we'll is talk where, about like, that. as a cliffhanger, you'd be like, "And that's where we." And anyways, <laughs> cut into commercial, commercial break. break. <laughs> we'll be right back after. So, a shameless plug of Viper Energy. Viper Energy has all nine essential amino acids. It has no artificial flavoring, no artificial coloring, no artificial sweeteners. This drink is extremely healthy and beneficial for you. Not only that, but it has 150 milligrams of natural caffeine topped with L-theanine. When you combine these two together, you get an absolute tunnel vision focus. I'm extremely excited for you guys to try it. I'm excited to get it out to the world because it's been such a long project. We stand behind this product and are extremely excited to get it in your hands. So thanks for listening. Catch you next time.